I'm your host, Jay LaBeouf, creator of BadCulture.net. I got RB and Ryan Bivens in the co-pilot seats. We have a fantastic show for you guys tonight. We got not one, not two, but three hot prospects. Not one, not two, but three (laughs) former Olympians. And just basically, these kids are about to burn it up in the 2016. So as you've been seeing our promos all week, or even if you haven't seen our promos, we got Errol Spence. We got JoJo Diaz, fresh off of the Canelo Khan press conference today, was out there signing autographs with the fans. And we got Oscar Valdez. Be careful, his alligator might bite you. So thanks for tuning in. <laughs> the call-in number, if you want to call in with the show, 718-508-9852. RB, what's the good word for today? Man, we have... Three young gunners on the show. I'm so excited to talk to them. It was not an easy task trying to get Earl Spence, Oscar Valdez, Jojo Diaz in the same night, but we pulled it off, and we've got a great show lined up for everyone. We're going to talk to them about how big and tough these step-up fights are for them coming up. And then, of course, we're going to have some fun with them because that's what we do. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it, Jay. Great show lined up. Ryan Bivens, a lot of news floating around there in the boxing airwaves. Got a little teaser for what we're going to talk about tonight? Oh, well, you know, there's always a bunch to talk about in boxing. A little bit of crazy stuff, a little bit of, you know, stuff that actually matters. But um, I I don't really have a teaser. I don't want to give anything away. Oh, all right. Well, cool. Well, like I said, the call-in number is 718-508-9852. 718-508-9852. We're going to kick off tonight with Oscar Valdez, you know, rising prospect, top-ranked guy, solid kid. We're going to get to know him a little bit better, talk about what's going coming up for him, and uh, same with the other gentlemen that are joining us tonight. As I mentioned, just ran into the studio, the virtual studio, fresh off of the Canelo Con press conference at City Walk here in California, about an hour north of me. It's probably still going on. If you're watching the stream, it either just finished or it's still going on. A lot of people turned out. I got a chance to ask Khan some good questions. I didn't get a chance to ask Canelo some good questions, but, you know, because it was packed and tight in there. But it's definitely a lot of attitude, a lot of arrogance from both fighters surrounding this fight, you know. If you catch them in the street and you ask them a stupid question, they might give you a right hook. I don't know, because they both seemed a little bit on edge at today's press conference. But consummate professionals, and they're ready. Virgil Hunter, great interview with him. Look for the content to come up later on on BadCulture.net's YouTube channel, so you definitely will want to check that out. RB, we got Oscar (laughs) Valdez calling in first with us tonight, right? Yes. Okay, First up, great. We've got so we got Oscar Valdez and then we'll have Earl Spence and then we'll wrap up the show with Jojo. Yeah, Jojo Jojo was out there living his life. They had a nice <laughs> booth set up 
And, you know, the fans were going up and, and taking pictures with him, and he was kissing babies and crossing old ladies across the street. I said, damn, is this JoJo's press conference? Oh, yeah, the mayor. JoJo's killing it. He the mayor, the mayor of Universal City. So, yeah, JoJo was having a great – I mean, he looked good out there. He looked comfortable, looked confident. So we'll talk to him a little bit about that tonight. And as far as um, – I don't know. Canelo doesn't like these weight questions that people are asking. A little teaser tidbit from the press conference. Amir Khan said that they, the reason why they did not agree to the rehydration clause for this fight is because when he, he beat Canelo, there's excuses from the Canelo camp about why they lost. Ryan Bivens, what do you think about Amir Khan not taking a rehydration clause in this fight? I really don't think he was in any position to negotiate it because if he was, I'm pretty sure he would have. I know. I mean, as we know with Amir Khan, he loves to talk to the media. He always has some colorful, interesting things to say. So I'm glad he phrased it that way, that he turned down a, a rehydration cause. So that was really cute and clever. Another little tidbit from today's press conference, Virgil Hunter said he didn't like this fight. When he found out about this fight, he wanted to talk Amir Khan out of it. Mm. He didn't. He didn't like the fight. He didn't like anything wow. about it. And he, uh, Amir, had been in in Britain. He hadn't seen him in a while, but he did send a strength and conditioning coach to go out to Bolton to work with Amir Khan. And when Amir Khan had finally um, came back to California, he was surprised at how he had filled out and that his abs were already chiseled and cut so you know interesting disclosure from America from uh Virgil Hunter Virgil was on fire I don't know what happened to Virgil today he was, when Virgil was on fire he, he wasn't whispering no now you know he was whispering I had to put the mic when you see my video you'll see my my mic sneaking up in the corner because Virgil was talking like this and you know when Amir first took the fight I didn't really like the fight you know I didn't think it was a good fight and you know I didn't like nothing about it oh man Virgil was on fire today I don't know what they Uh. gave him before he got there he was talking shit about Alfredo Angulo about how Angulo was a damn oh man wait till you see the video backculture.net on our YouTube channel Virgil was on fire he was talking about this this was crazy he was talking about how Alfredo Angulo didn't listen to him before the Canelo fight, he told him before the Canelo fight that they were going to choose him because he was practically a dead man walking. He oh. said they got to the they got to the day of the weigh-in, and were all and it almost wasn't a fight because he passed out right before the weigh-in from being so dehydrated, and he almost fell down and busted his ass in the bathroom, almost cracked his head on the toilet, and they almost didn't make it to the weigh-in. So, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> This is what's crazy about when fighters leave trainers and then the trainer starts talking like mad shit. You never know if that fighter is going to want to come back to you. So, you know, while I get it, sometimes I don't get it because, you know, you start biting the hand that feeds you and then they come back and you look silly when you let them back in. It it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, He said that before the fight with Canelo, he's like, I told that dude. They got you sitting next to them at the fight. 
They call, they've been mm. calling the gym to see if you've been working out at the gym. They knew you wasn't working out at the gym, that you was out there living. I called, he said, I called him. I told him to come to the gym and start working out like, yo, they looking at you. You're going to get that fight. He said, I told him two months before he got the fight, he was getting that fight because they were calling mm. the gym after about him working out. He said, next thing I know, they sitting ringside him. I and Eric looking all fly. He's like, yeah, he's about to get the fight. He said our whole camp was fat camp. That's exactly how he phrased it. He said our whole camp was fat camp because he was too big. Fat camp? Oh, yeah, he called it fat camp. He said Angulo spent the whole camp losing weight for the Canelo fight. So, Ooh. I mean, I don't know. Oh, Virgil was lit today. He was on fire, but he was still whispering. He was a, a control lit. You know, he's if you watch the video expecting him to turn up and be loud, no, you no, not that Virgil. Decisive with his words, but not yelling. So look for the video. It's a great video. <laughs> I I couldn't have asked for anything better from Virgil. Also, uh, interesting tidbits from the press conference today. Oscar De La Hoya disclosed that, I don't know, Oscar likes to play with us. He said he was inspired to make the Canelo Khan fight by watching Donald Trump. I said, Oscar, watching Donald Trump, what kind of shit is that? He said, because you have the most popular fight in Mexico and you got a kid that's Muslim. And I thought, what better way to unite the people than to put these two in a fight with each other? Thank you, Donald Trump. I said, Oscar is playing with us. He's playing with us. I don't know. This press conference was great. That's probably why I was uh, running in late. They were just all kind of colorful. Canelo wasn't in the mood. Maybe he's tired. Khan was his usual talkative self, but not crazy talkative, saying crazy stuff. He was great. Um, Canelo, once again, listened to us in English and responded back in Spanish. He did. We did get a little teeny tiny bit of uh, English out of him, but not much, not much English out of Canelo, but he most definitely understands it. And you know what? I was going to say, last week in New York, the same thing with Felix Verdejo. He definitely understood everything that everybody was saying, and he was responding a little bit here and there in English, but he's not yet confident enough to do it in front of the mm-hmm. camera. And so once these boys get mm-hmm. a little more confident in, you know, messing up a little bit and knowing that that's okay, man, they're going to be on a roll. Look at Chavez Jr. He don't give an F no more. Like, he just says whatever mm. he wants in English. <laughs> Oh, that was another funny thing. Someone asked Canelo about Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And that something that he said, something to the effect that Canelo had to fight him for the sake of Mexico or something like that. And Canelo answered like, what? See? And uh, (laughs) they translated that. But I think we all understood what C meant. But he just looked incredulous like, what is this fool talking about? So, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Chavez Jr. getting disowned by daddy this week, too. Mm. Family, family mess. What we got on deck for uh, fun stuff tonight, RB? Oh, man, we got some really creative things tonight for these fighters. You know, it's one thing we want to talk to them about their fights and breaking it down and all this stuff and getting technical, but everybody does that with fighters. We want to be a little bit more of a breath of fresh air, and we want them to enjoy coming on the ruckus. So we come up with these little games depending on who it is. Um, So for Oscar Valdez, if if anybody knows him or follows him, they know that he loves animals, reptiles, dogs, crocodiles. So we have a really fun game with him. 
We're going to do some home cooking with Earl Spence. Uh, we're, we're actually going to play a game with him called Plead the Fifth, which is going to be hysterical. we got five questions for him, and he can only plead the fifth one time. So he better choose wisely. And then with JoJo, he's been, he's been actually taking Spanish lessons. Um, he really wants to learn how to speak Spanish, so we're going to play Spanish bingo with him. So we have a full night ahead, lots of fun. Excellent. We have a private number calling in here, so let us pick up and see if this is our first guest. Private number, you are on with the Ruckus crew. Who am I speaking to and where are you calling from? Private number. This is an emergency. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's not our first guest. So we are awaiting our first guest, Oscar Valdez, uh, to join us. Maybe he's uh, feeding the alligator. I don't know. All I know is if that alligator made it to my house, I am Creole. I would cook it up and probably make a person some shoes out of it. So, Oscar, to be if you want to be safe, don't bring the alligator around me. I'm just saying so let's see, what can we kill the time with while we wait for our guests? So some highlights from today's press conference. Let's talk about Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. For those of you who missed the, the coverage, uh, did a little story about it on, on Bad Culture, Julio Cesar Chavez, one of the most storied faces in boxing history, has a son who just doesn't seem to have the same focus and drive as his father, you know him as Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., well, apparently the lack of focus from his son has reached such a pivotal point that it's upsetting him publicly, and he took to Facebook to basically talk about the uh, disappointment that his son has been in terms of focus and uh, keeping the family boxing legacy. Michelle, well, I'll start with Ryan. Ryan, you've been a, a connoisseur of boxing for many, many years. And you are very familiar with the number of father-son duos in boxing. What do you think that Chavez Jr. Chavez Sr. is just ready to wash his hands of his son Jr. from the boxing standpoint completely if he's going out to the public talking mess about his son? Um, you know his his father is kind of a, a public figure. I mean, like he's really famous in Mexico, like like really really famous. So people talk to him all the time. And you have a son that's messed up as many times as Chavez Jr. has. You're bound to slip up and you know say some stuff you probably shouldn't have said. It's just only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't put too much stock into it. Like I, I'm I'm sure he still believes in the son and thinks the son can be world champion again. But um. I mean, everybody knows that Chavez Jr. is wasting his potential. Mm. You know, the funny part about it is that, I mean, just like I said, like Canelo's reaction when Chavez Jr. said something to the effect of that they have to fight. And he was just like, you know, why? Why, why would I want to do that? And then I, I didn't see this quote. Another member of the media brought it up saying that Chavez Jr. says that he can get down, he would be willing to come down to, one one fifty five to fight Canelo. RB is is, is Chavez Jr. getting down to one fifty five to fight Canelo? <laughs> yes, he cuts off a leg and maybe an arm. <laughs> oh, Chavez Jr., you're a funny, funny kid. You are you, funny, you funny know, kid. You know, Chavez Sr., Jay, you know, he really did Easter him. Uh, however, it was all, I think, for good reason, and I think it was justifiable. He said, look, you don't play boxing 
this is serious. You can get hurt. And I don't feel like my son is taking training serious. And he leaves when he wants and he trains when he wants. And he's going to get hurt. And I don't want to see my son get hurt. I will always support him. I will always love him, always be in his corner. But I don't think he should fight if he's not going to train. So, you know, I kind of agree with his dad. I mean, yeah, it gets kind of sticky because that's your father calling you out in public like that. But, you know, I think he was kind of doing it for, for Junior's own good. Yeah. Might as well, hey, kick back and live the life of an entitled child. I mean, if I could kick back, if my parents had just boundless riches, I would love to. But then again, you know how pop and bad culture would be if I had those Chavez riches behind me? I would have it popping. Please believe me. So once again, you are tuned into the Ruckus Podcast, 718-508-9852. RB, the Raging Bay, Michelle Rosado. We got Ryan Bivens, Sweet Boxing Ratings on the line. And, hey, it's a boxing show. That's what we like to talk about here. So let's see. What else can we talk about while we wait for our guest that's been uh, newsworthy this week? Well, uh, we're still on. Go ahead, Arby. I'm sorry. I'm, I think I'm on a little delay here. I was going to say we could actually talk about, you know, the morning show on Friday. Um, every Friday morning at 9 mm. o'clock, we're doing the RV and J morning show, and we've been having such a good time pranking fighters. So if you didn't hear us on Friday morning, um, I was in New York, Jay was in California, and uh, we pranked Curtis Stevens really, really good. You guys got to go back and listen to that. We had a great time. Um, so Friday morning 9 o'clock. Everybody's been kind of confused lately, but the ruckus isn't going anywhere every Wednesday night, and now we just have another show on Friday morning. Exactly. You know you want to hear more of this. I mean, hey, who wouldn't? I know I would. We have that uh, coming up. Also this week, uh, our guy, Ryan Bivens, wasn't able to make it out, but our guy, Daryl Cobb, went out to uh, Julian Williams' uh, media day in Philadelphia this week. J-Rock finally getting a fight after all that, all mm. of that rigmarole and back and forth. So uh, I think that that is a great look, and we'll talk more about that later on in the show. It looks like we have a switch up in rotation. It looks like our first guest is on the line with us. Let's pick this up and see who we got. Nine seven two two one three. You are on with the Ruckus crew. Who am I speaking with, and where are you calling from? On is Errol Spence from Dallas. Errol Spence from Dallas. Earl, we've been wanting to talk to you for such a long time, so we are so happy that you're giving us a little bit of your time tonight because we know you're in camp, so it's probably late for you in Dallas, isn't it? Uh, no, nah, it's 9 o'clock. I usually go to bed around 2 anyway. Oh, okay. Um, I, I just want to kind of start off with first of all saying congratulations on your baby daughter. We follow you, you know, on Instagram and social media, and she's just such a bundle of joy, and she's so cute. And so talk to me about these daddy duties. Like, we see you taking her to church, and we see you, you know, getting her ears pierced. And so how has your life changed since you've had your daughter? Um, it changed a lot. It's not it's not all about me now. Um, you know, before, you know, I thought about myself first and was able just to do stuff on the drop of the dime, and then I think about it. But now I have my daughter. I can't, you know, do what I want to or... 
you know, she have needs or she have doctor appointment or have to watch her. You know, just a lot of different stuff that goes in the hand. And, um, and I'm just happy to have her. She's a lot of motivation for me in the ring and just training purposes, period. Do you have any funny, like, first-time dad stories for us? Like, I know you're really into video games, so how are you maneuvering all this? Like, with, do you have any funny stories that you could share? I don't, I don't really have a funny story right now. It's just uh, I'm still I'm still getting into the still learning the changing the diaper thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, my mom and my uh, my girlfriend they get mad at me because I use too many baby wipes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about this big fight that you got coming up. April 16th versus Chris Algieri in New York. Do you feel like this is graduation day for you, headlining in New York? Uh, definitely. This, this is what I've been asking for, just a, you know, a quality opponent. And, uh, you know, Chris Algieri, he's a, he's a, he's a top-ten fighter, and he's, um, you know, he's an ex-world champion. He has a name, and that's somebody I wanted to showcase my skills again. Talking about names, okay, since you brought that out, we've heard you call out other gunners in your division, Keith Thurman, Sean Porter. Tell me, why does Keith Thurman get so bothered and disrespected when you call his name out? Have you noticed that? I mean, he just really has a problem with you saying his name. Um, I, I don't know. I think. Come I think on. He's threatened by me, you know. Um, even when I was, when I first, my first year at Turner Pro, I was like, it was like my third fight, and um, I remember Keith Thurman walking to me, talking to me, saying, you know, saying he knew who I who I was, and um, you know he's been watching me, stuff like that. So um, he's been knowing me for a long time, and he's been watching me for a long time. He he knows what's up. <laughs> he knows what's up. So I heard that you have some footage from like I don't know maybe the amateurs with Keith Thurman. So did you spar him or did you fight him? What's on this footage? It's like some secret footage. Uh, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> yes, you do. You a while back you told that guy Getty to sit down because you still got the footage. Oh no! Nah, yeah. Somebody else. Keith Thurman was trying to get me to. Um, I guess it's some guy at camp named uh, Brian Perella, and it was like he'll uh, he'll beat your ass. And I was like, man, sit down somewhere. I still got the footage. <laughs> I was talking about, I was talking <laughs> about another fight. Uh oh. All right. Well, look, New York is probably the biggest stage that any fighter could fight on. I do call it graduation day. We saw Deontay Wilder graduate there a few weeks ago, or should I say, a couple months ago when. You know, like twelve, thirteen thousand people filled the house. We saw Terrence Crawford headline in New York last week, and now you. Do you understand how big that stage is, and are you ready for those lights and ten thousand people? I mean, are you prepared for that that magnitude of an environment? Um, definitely. This 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 is what I've been waiting on. This um this is a defining fight that I need to make a lot of these. Uh, top five and world champions turn around and look at me. You know, right now they they write me off and you know they kind of oh he needs to fight somebody. So, you know, I'm getting that fight April 16. I'm getting the fight with Chris Nigeria and I feel like after I beat him, I'm right in line for a world title with Kell Brook or the win out of Sean Porter and Keith Thurman. Hey, you um, taking the word right out of your mouth? Anybody? Huh? 
I said you took the words right out of my mouth. Go ahead, keep going. Oh, the winner out of whoever Danny Garcia fight. You know, it's just you know, I feel like I wanna fight the top guys. I feel like it's too many names at one forty seven, too many top guys at one forty seven one forty seven. And with Floyd Mayweather being retired, it's not just that one name that's sticking out. So I want to be a name that sticks out out of the group. Well, according to Adrian Broner, he kind of is like Floyd Mayweather. So maybe you could fight Adrian <laughs> Broner, and it would kind of be like you beat Floyd Mayweather. So, uh, no, Adrian, they won't afford it. <laughs> so, look, I, I, I was going to ask you, God willing, God willing that you're victorious on April 16th, my question was, are you going to pursue the IBF mandatory matchup with Cal Brook, or are you going to call out the winner of Thurman Porter? Oh, well, I'm going to call out everybody. I'm, I'm definitely oh. going to pursue the, the Cal Brook and, um, and the Bizier, um, um uh, fight. But um, I'm going to call out everybody. Uh, I'm going to leave all doors open. You know, I'm not really chasing an opponent. I'm chasing the title. That's any title at 147. Okay, so if you could describe Chris Algieri, let's get back to him a little bit because I know we don't want to overlook him because he's, he's experienced, he's yeah, a definitely. tough fighter. So if you could describe Chris Algieri in like three words, could you just describe him for us? Uh, tough. Uh, has a lot of heart. Mm hmm. And um, uh, he's a thinker. Yeah. No, I like this where he definitely has a ton of heart. I mean, he'll fight anybody. And I know it's been hard for you to get better opposition because not a lot of people want to fight you. So it says a lot about him, you know, that he is willing to fight you. So you're kind of growing up into a grown man right before our eyes. Realistically, how much longer can you stay at 147 and make the weight comfortably? Um, I can stay stay at that long as need be. I say probably about two, three more years. Um, even right now, right now, the fight is six, seven weeks away, and I'm weighing one fifty two. So I make the fight easy as long as I stay focused and do what I'm supposed to eat right, drink right, and train right. I make the weight easy. All right, Ryan, do you have a question for Earl Spence? Yeah, I do have a question. Go for um, it. Hi, Earl. How do you think that Chris Algeria is going to fight you? Will it be an aggressive type fight like you fought Amir Khan, or is it going to be, you know, on his toe circling around the ring like you fought Ruslan Bavadnikov? Um, I really don't know. I, you know, his last two fights, he, he's been fighting um, kind of aggressive on his front foot coming forward. Um, I think he'll try that. I think the first couple rounds he'll try to, you know, stand his ground, and then when I start touching him up, he'll start, he'll revert back to what he what he's known for and what you know what he naturally does and moves around and box and uh, try to use jab and try to outpoint me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right, so I want to keep you honest here. I'm sure that you watch some of yourself, Earl. So in your eyes. What do you think is your biggest strength? And give me one of your big, biggest weaknesses as a fighter. Um, I think my strength is um, probably my, my punch placement. 
and um, just my accuracy and my ability to think in the ring. And I think my biggest weakness is um, sometimes I I forget about the guy throwing back, and um, especially if I feel like I have my opponent, mm-hmm. and I just just throw punches without you know thinking about the other guy throwing punches back. Okay, so before we have a little bit of fun with you, I have one more thing. After the Olympics, you signed with Al Heyman, and you didn't sign with a Golden Boy or a Top Rank or a Lou DiBella or Mayweather Promotions, and Floyd wanted you so bad. I mean, he was campaigning for you. He wanted to sign you, and you didn't go with Floyd. What made you sign with Al Heyman, and would you ever sign with TNT? Um, Well, I just... I think, you know, I talked to a lot of managers, and um, I think Al was the most genuine. um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of these managers were trying to take too much out of my purse. Mm. You can't have that. Yeah, they were trying to take too much out of my purse. You know, they were trying to blind me with the big big signing bonus of taking all this money out of my purse. So I was like, you know, I was thinking about it in the long run. Who could help me out? So I went with Al. And um, all right. with Floyd, I, I think I, I mean, it's a, it's a time for everything. I don't think right now probably not the right time. And, um, you know, I'm just focused on my own career, my own path. And um, everything's going great right now, fighting NBC main event. And I've only been pro three years. So I feel like everything's going good right now. So um, I don't see a need to uh, sign right now. And you've been on NBC, I think, four times in the last 13 months, which that's incredible. That's a huge platform. So they are obviously doing well for you, and it seems like you did make the right decision. So I think we want to have some fun now. Jay, we have a segment called Home Cooking with Earl Spence. So, Jay, you want to take this one in? Yeah, I want to take this one away. You know, I'm Creole Arrow, and you are from Texas. Okay. So I feel like we are we kind of kindred, but we might be cousins. Are we cousins? You can any LaBeouf? Uh, nah, we're not because you're from Louisiana, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, cool. I got to make sure because, you know, Papa was a Rolling Stone. I just got to make sure. So being that we have this kindred Southern spirit, you know, first let's break down some stereotypes. You know, we get stereotypes that we eat everything that had a mama when you live down in the South. Are there any crazy things that you have eaten in the last year that people would go, what the hell? Is there anything crazy in your kitchen right now that pe- that would shock people? Um, I mean, I eat, a lot of people think goat is weird. I eat goat. Eat what? Goat. Oh, bad. Yeah, like curry goat. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a Jamaican that- thing. I eat goat. I would just um, but um, I don't. It's it's a lot of I don't eat a lot of stuff that um that 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 people from Texas eat that that I eat that I, I eat different because um my parents are from New York and I was born in New York. Oh. And my dad and yeah, my dad's Caribbean, so like a lot of people from Texas they eat chitlins. Chid, I don't <laughs> eat chitlins. That's pork pork intestines. I don't eat that. I don't eat, I don't eat pork. Mmm. So, 
You know, we know that in the ring you're called the truth. Does your mama and them down in Texas have any other special nicknames for you that we can call you instead of the truth? What's your mama call you? Uh, my mom called me EJ. EJ. All right, EJ. All right, EJ. Well, let's get some more into this Southern cooking. Now, I saw a picture on your social media of you with your pet ferret, but I haven't seen any additional pictures of the pet ferret. Did the <laughs> ferret make it through the holidays, or did it get curried along with the goat? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I gave the um, I gave the ferret to my little sister because um, the ferret has has a nasty odor to it. It has like some sweat glands on it. It makes Ew. it like gives it a real musky musty um, smell. So I I gave it to my little sister. Well, have your sister post a picture because until I see confirmation that the ferret made it, I'm not going to believe you. All right, I'm going to post a picture tomorrow. We were All worrying right. about the ferret. Ferret never showed up on Errol Spencer's social media again. I said, damn, the ferret just didn't make it. It ended up with Thanksgiving dinner. You think I ate the ferret? All right. Yeah, I mean, you might. You know, it's high in protein, high in protein, and you are in camp, so you never know. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about life in DeSoto, Texas. Given that you are a man that likes to cook, I did a little investigating in DeSoto, Texas, and there's a place on East Beltline Road called Just Like Big Mamas. And we want to know, if we come to DeSoto, Texas, is it just like Big Mamas? What is Just Like Big no, I never heard of Just Like Big Mamas. Oh, when you get out of camp, you're going to have to go over there and eat over there and uh, report back <laughs> on us to tell us if it is, in fact, just like Big Mama's. So it's on East yeah, Beltline Road. Know you know where that is? Yeah, I know that is. All right, you got to post it. All right, you got to go over there and uh, check it out. I also saw a video uh, um, on on Facebook of you cooking. I think it was cooking chicken or something. We know your opponent, Al, Chris Algieri, is a cook of sorts himself. Instead of a, a fight, who's going to win the who's winning the cook off? You or Chris Algieri? And what would you cook that would beat Chris Algieri in the kitchen? Oh no, I think he's his cooking. He can cook. I mean, his his cooking probably looks prettier than mine, but I believe <laughs> mine tastes better. <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, when I saw the video of your kitchen, I didn't see no red rooster. I didn't see no obey seasoning. You know, what's in the kitchen right now that you season in your food with? I'm Creole. I'm a know if you're lying. I got everything. I got, definitely got Obey. I got Obey. I got garlic and herbs, uh, black pepper. Uh, definitely got seasoned salt in there, which I'm not using right now. <laughs> no, I got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff. I got okay, because, I mean, oh, Okay. Well, then, you know, because I, I, I was confused, you know, when I didn't see any seasoning, I thought, okay, well, we're not eating Thanksgiving dinner at Errol Spence House because we have to talk about your food. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. So, all right. All right. We'll see about that. Well, I'm going to hand it back over to RB now so we can play a little bit of Please the Fifth before we wrap it up for the, well, not wrap it up for you because you stay up too late at night. <laughs> all right. Earl, so we have five questions for you before we let you go, and this is called plead the fifth. You can only plead the fifth one time. So I have five questions for you, so you have to be really careful when you plead the fifth because you're going to have to answer everything else if you use it too early. 
Okay. Okay. The uh, first question for Plead the Fifth. Who is a better fighter, Jamal Charlo or Jamal Charlo? <laughs> man, y'all wrong, man. Um, We're waiting. Let me see. Uh, you can plead the fifth, but if you plead the fifth now, you got to nah, answer everything else. Nah, uh, <laughs> I say, um, Jamil. Jamil. Uh-huh. Oh. All right. All right. Next question. You you still have one plea to fist that you can use. Who is really fully Mayweather's protege? You or Devonta Davis? Uh, who's what? Say it again. Who is really Floyd Mayweather's protege? You or Devonta Davis? Oh, Devonta Davis. Mm. I'm not a sign of TNT. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Good answer. Okay, here we go. Next one. Did you really drop Adrian Broner in sparring? <laughs> no. No? I nah. saw the video where you okay, said wait, yes. Wait. Wait, wait. No, hold up. Hold up, hold up. Okay, I'm going to call bullshit on this one. All right, Errol Spence. So we know that the urban legend for a long time was that you dropped Adrian Broner as far. And you're saying it never happened. I saw a video of Freddie Roach talking in the gym about a year ago, and Freddie says that it happened too. Where, if this rumor is not true, where is this rumor originating from? And let's put it to rest tonight on the ruckus. Oh, uh, no, nah, as far as did happen, as far as did happen, but. I never, I never dropped Adrian. I heard did him, but I never stop? dropped him. Did you stop him? Huh? Did you stop him? Uh, I heard him. I you never dropped him. Yeah. All right. You, so, you okay. might as well just wait, plead wait, the fifth. No, huh? no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. No. You heard him. So, and this was about two years ago, I think. So, if you fought Adrian Broner now. Could you knock him out, or do you want to plead the fifth? Is that one of the five questions you just made that one up just now? <laughs> you know what? Say, say, yeah, we're just we're gonna move on. We're just gonna move on. I think we know the answer. You should just plead it the fifth. Jay, let's move on to the next one because uh, we want to okay. got to get going here. Next one. Who is the worst dresser? I know that you're really into fashion now. Okay, I could tell. You're in the shoes, fashion. So you tell me, who is the worst dresser in boxing right now between Danny Garcia, Floyd Mayweather, or Peter Quillen? <laughs> uh, I thought she was going to name somebody else. I was going to name who was great. Uh, well, who were you going to name? Oh, I'm going to get that We might like next. your answer better. Uh, well, to me, no, nah, I'm not going to. What uh? Let me see. Floyd, Daniel, Peter. Who's worse than that? I say, uh, yeah. well, out of them three, Peter is is the worst. Is the worst. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Peter into this New York City fashion stuff. Be wearing no, that's crazy not New stuff. York. That's I don't know what that is, but that's not New York. Do not insult New York. <laughs> that is not New York, boo. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's something. 
who who are some of the best dressers in Boston? Do you like um, Miguel Cotto's pink cracks? Pink cracks. Uh, uh, Miguel can dress sometimes, but I like um, Danny Jacobs. Danny yeah. Jacobs, he's real. He's real sharp. Who was huh? your answer for the who was your answer for the worst dress? We might like your choice better. Um well it's just my personal. And, you know, I, I don't of course to me, uh but it must be it's it's his own style, uh Deontay Wilder. Mm. Rip You don't like the gloves? No, nah, I don't really like I don't like to <laughs> You know, I don't like the suits, but, I mean, everybody cut their suits different, you know, do what they do. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Wow. All that, right, look, we have, we have one question from a fan, and I promise you this is the last one. They wanted to ask you, who do you think the Cowboys should draft this year? Cam, mm. I know it's hard to talk about the Cowboys. Um. Uh. I mean, we have to draft. I think we should draft a quarterback. I really don't know who, but I think we should draft a quarterback. Tony Romo's out there. All right, Ryan, you want to get one more question in for Earl? Earl. Ryan. Yes, oh, did we lose? All right. My bad, my bad. I, I have myself on mute. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, my follow-up question is, when you talked about Thurman has always kind of been, like, you know, a little bit scary of you since the amateur, yeah. is that referring to, like, an uh, amateur bout that you had or a sparring session? Oh, no, I said he was, um, he was, he scared of me during the amateur. I said that, um, you know, he walked up to me when I had, like, three fights as a professional and, um, he was like, he's been watching me since I was an amateur. And, uh, you know, he's keeping his eye on me, and uh, you know, he thinks I'm a great fighter. Oh, okay. So you've never actually shared uh, the ring with him? Huh? You've never actually shared the ring with him before? Oh, no, I never I never shared the ring with Keith Harris. Okay, thank you. Uh, no up problem. until now. No <laughs> up until now, but we will see what happens. <laughs> Well, Errol, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you tonight. We just want to, you know, I have my sound clip loaded up because a little birdie told us you were getting a year older, a year wiser in the next day or so. So we wanted to wish you a very, very happy birthday. And what are you buying us for your birthday? (laughs) I don't know. What you want? Okay. Can we get a can we get a whip? I mean, you get you got a fight coming up with Algeria. Can we get a, can we get a ruckus whip? Oh, I'm not doing that good. I mean. Oh man! Well, we wish you a lot of luck. Have a very happy birthday. We'll all be tuned in April 16th to your hopefully your graduation day in New York. All right, thank you. All right, thanks again, Earl. No problem. All right, Earl. All right, and we're just wrapping up with Arrow, the true Spence, great kid, down-to-earth kid, and uh, looking forward to seeing him making some noise in the division, huh, RB? 
He is. And, you know, um, he just reminds me so much of Sugar Ray Leonard. And I really don't mean by the way he fights. So please, don't everybody tweet me and tell me I'm crazy. I'm saying that he's a good-looking kid. He's got that little accent, you know, going on, his little southern thing. And he's got a really great smile. And he's always going for the knockout. He makes for fun fights. And a lot of people just genuinely like him. He was an Olympian. He's the All-American boy. You know, there's not much to not like about him. And them headlining him in New York is a really, really big deal. You know, that is, you know, when you see if you could draw and it's a big stage and it's on a big network. And obviously they're looking to him as the future. I like him. Uh I like him too, you know, shout out to him. Let's uh, watch this kid make his uh, rise in the, in the ranks and, you know, he'll be a pleasure to watch. And I think he represents boxing. Well, let's take a quick commercial break. And it looks like our next guest, Jojo Diaz is ready to jump on and rock with us. Are you looking for a website that has all the latest and upcoming boxing events plus unique and stylish boxing shirts and hoodies for men and women? Go check out RagingBabe.com. It's your one-stop shop for the most current boxing info and fresh boxing apparel for him and her. Shop online today at RagingBabe.com. Use the promo code RB20 at checkout for 20% off your entire purchase today. That's code RB20 or 20% off your entire purchase today. Only at RagingBabe.com. So join the movement and see why attitude and loyalty become passion and determination only at RagingBabe.com. Good evening, good evening, and we're back. The Ruckus Podcast, Jay LaBeouf, RB, Ryan Bivens. It's Wednesday here, and wherever you are, unless you're across the pond, it's probably Thursday. Uh, call the number is 718-508-9852. We just wrapped it up with hot prospect Errol Spence, who will be fighting against Chris Algieri once again on NBC on April 16th at Barclays. So if you're in the New York area, go out and support that kid. It'll be a great look. It's a great fight. It's a great step-up test. And, you know, graduation day, maybe we'll be tossing our caps in the air. So let us bring on our next guest, another hot prospect. Let us bring on our next guest, 626-274. Who am I speaking to and where are you calling from? You are speaking to Joseph Diaz, and I'm calling from South Monte, California. All right. What's up, Jojo Diaz? What's up? How's it going? It's going great. You know, I just ran into you at the Canelo Con press conference. You look good out there with the fans signing autographs and taking pictures and kissing babies and walking old ladies across the street. (laughs) (laughs) What were the the fans saying to you? Yeah, it was a good look. You look good out there. I thought it was your fight for a second. Well, I mean, it is your fight, (laughs) but I thought you were the main event. (laughs) <laughs> All right, excellent. So we know that we are about to see you back in the ring on the undercard of that fight. What was the what happened? Tell mm-hmm. us about the day that you received the call and and you knew that this was a done deal. You know what? When my manager called me, I believe he called me uh, about five weeks ago, and he told me that uh, he had some some big news for me uh, to go to his office. So I went to his office, and he told me that. Uh, he had an opportunity to put me on HBO and to be fighting on uh, Andre War Card. And uh, this will be a great step up and a great uh, opportunity for me to make a statement. So, I mean, my whole entire life and my whole entire career, I've been waiting for an opportunity like this. And I'm very uh, excited to uh, showcase my skills and showcase who Joseph Diaz truly is on uh, HBO. 
you know, that that's really major that HBO approves you to fight on their network. Do you realize how major that is? There's fighters that they they beg and they scream and they even try to buy fights to get on that network and they can't do it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is really major and this is truly a blessing from God and I want to thank my managers Ralph and Moses Heredia for giving me this great opportunity and also and also, uh, also Oscar De La Hoya and Goldenport Promotions for uh having, you know, giving me this great opportunity to showcase who I really am and I mean this this is a great opportunity to to uh to bring out the best in me and and my fighter, my opponent, he's going to bring out the best of me. Jason Velez, he's a really tough fighter, and uh, he, he's tall, he's rangy, so it's going to be a great night of boxing, and it's going to be a good fight for the fight fans. Indeed. So, listen, can you describe Jason Velez for us? If you can use, like, three words to describe him, how would you describe him as I'll a fighter? I'll describe him as, as a, a tall, rangy, um, and, uh, and a boxer as well. Uh, he likes to move around in the ring because he's very tall and he's very rangy. But uh, when you get on the inside, he is going to throw a lot of combinations. So, I mean, he has power as well. He throws a lot of combinations. He has uh, the good footwork. But me and my father, we were used to fighting taller guys because I've always been a, a short, husky guy. So I'm always used to fighting taller guys in the amateurs, and I fought a couple of tall guys in the pros. So I'm pretty sure I could adapt to his style. I know it's going to be a tremendous fight, so I'm ready for whatever he brings to the table. You brought up how fortunate you are to work with Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy. And, you know, coming out of the Olympics, I'm pretty sure that you could have signed with anybody. You probably could have went with Top Rank, maybe Al Heyman, and you chose Golden Boy Promotions. Can you tell us why they were the perfect fit for you? Well, well, you know what? I felt like Golden Boy Promotions were was a great choice for me, and I I felt like I decided and I chose the right guy. Uh, me and my manager, we sat down and we looked at Top Rank and we looked at uh, all the other promotional companies, but we seen that Oscar De La Hoya, he had uh, a lot of TV dates and he had a lot of uh, fight dates, so I knew that if I signed with Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotions, they are going to keep me very active and keep me very busy, and that's what I want as a young fighter. Uh, like myself, I want to keep uh, active and I want to stay busy. So I knew that going into uh, the the promotional contract with Oscar De La Hoya that they're going to keep me very busy and very active, and uh, they have. I mean, my first my first year I fought eight times. My second year I fought, I believe, six times. And my third year uh, I fought five. So, I mean, they're keeping me very busy, and I really, I really thank them for everything they, they've given me. So looking deep into the future, God willing, everything goes well, and you're victorious against Jason Velez. What is a mega fight for you in the future? Who would that be against? I mean, when you look at all these guys in your division, and let's look ahead, you know, like two years from now, what could be a mega fight for us one day? You know what? A mega fight for me will probably be Leo Santa Cruz or an Abner Mayas. Mm. Uh, reason being is because mm. we're, we're from L.A. and we could attract a lot of uh, fans uh, maybe at, at the Stub Up Center or either e- even at the Staples Center. So uh, I feel like either Leo Santa Cruz or Abner Mayas, that'll be a really big major fight. But I'm willing to fight anybody. I mean, uh, I, if everything goes well with Jason Velez and if I come out victorious, I, I want to uh, fight another tough opponent. Uh, anybody that they bring to the table, I, I'm willing to fight them because I want to show everybody that 
I want to fight the bigger names and the tough opponents because uh, I want to showcase and show them who Joseph Diaz truly is. That's great. Hey, Ryan, do you have anything for JoJo? Yeah, I do. Hi, JoJo. Go ahead. This What's up, Ryan? This is going to be your you know, biggest challenge since Renee Alvarado. And um, if you recall that fight, it was not the easiest fight for you. What changes have you made in camp to, you know, kind of, you know, I guess make it easier? Uh, you know what? I felt like uh, going into the Ray Ronaldo, uh, Ray Alvarado fight, uh, I felt like I wasn't truly at my best. I mean, I felt like uh, I was slacking off a little bit. I mean, I was training still very hard, but I knew that there was a couple of things that I could have worked on and a couple of things I could have uh, trained a little harder and, and been, been more focused. I felt like I, I took Rene Alvarado a little lightly, but uh, I still uh, came out victorious. I was able to, you know, land the effective shots and, and win the fight. Uh, but my last two previous fights, I, I showcased that uh, my discipline and my my work ethic and everything is, is back to where, where it should be. And uh, Jason Velez, I know that this is a really tough fight for him. And, I mean, this fight is very critical for both of our careers. So I know he's going to be at 110%. So I got to be at 110%. So my diet, my training, uh, my focus, and uh, just my, my mental and my mindset is, is very uh, uh, just thinking about this fight. I'm just very focused on this fight. So I'm going to be very well prepared, and I'm just going to showcase who I am. Did you catch this fight with Ronnie Rios? I know he lost, but it was very close. It could have gone either way. Actually, I did uh, catch the fight with Ronnie Rios, and I thought it was a very close fight. Uh, I thought that Ronnie Ronnie Rios did take the fight. Uh, he was being a little more aggressive and landing the fake shots on the inside. Uh, Jason Velez, he's very tall. He's rangy, but he likes to throw a lot of punches on the inside as well. Uh, my key, I feel like uh, that I have over Jason Velez is I, I have a little more strength in him on the inside, and my punches are a little shorter and a little more crisp. So I feel like I'm going to be able to land the bigger punches and the effective shots and come out victorious. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Well, Jojo, we are very excited to see you get into in the ring against Jason Velez. You've been groomed very nicely, and it's been just a pleasure watching you develop as a fighter. And no doubt this is going to be another great fight. Definite tougher resume. I mean, the guy you're fighting has a tougher resume than a lot of guys that we see out there. So we are looking forward to seeing you in this matchup on the Andre Ward uh, undercard. It's a great, great fight for you. Oh, so thank you. I really appreciate we, Before we let you go, we want to have a, a, a little fun with you. You know, let the folks get to know you a little bit better. They know the Olympian. They know that you're an articulate guy and you take your craft a little uh, very seriously. So now we just want to have a little fun with you. So I'm going to pass it over to RB, and we are going to get into some games with you. All okay, right. So, all right, let's do it. So, look, I read that for many years as a kid, you were bullied. Your dad took you to the gym to learn how to defend yourself, and you did it, and you've done it well, and now look at the stage you're on. But then you also faced another challenge in your life, and that was that you wanted to learn how to speak Spanish. Correct. So – so why is that so important to you that you wanted to learn how to speak Spanish and you started taking classes? You know what? I got a Spanish tutor, and she's teaching me a couple of words and uh, how to speak Spanish. I mean, I want to speak it fluent for I could be able to talk to the people. I mean, I am Mexican-American, and uh, my I mean, 
my great grandparents were from Mexico, so I want to uh, have both the Mexican fans and American fans following my career, and I want to make sure I, I talk to the the Mexican community and be able to communicate with them because uh, whenever they want to take pictures of me and stuff like that, they they, they they're trying to talk to me and uh, mm-hmm. I was clueless on what they were saying, so. I told my manager, and my manager said it's the best idea to, you know, have a Spanish tutor and to pick it up before I could learn it. So now I have a Spanish tutor, and, I mean, I could learn, I have a couple phrases I could say. Uh, all right, and we're going to test you out on that. And you know what? You are actually very popular inside the Hispanic community, which is great. So this is just icing on the cake for you. So we have a little game for you called Spanish Bingo. And so okay. we want to see what you've been learning in your Spanish class and um, so let's start off with a couple easy ones, like, you know, how do you say cat? Excuse me? How do you say cat? Gato. All right. That's one. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's another easy one. Dog. Be- perro. With a Can you say, um, hello, my name is Jojo in Spanish? Hola, me amo Josef Diaz. Very good. Um, One more, and then we're going to have you actually translate a couple for us. How about, um, where is the bathroom? Excuse me? How about, where is the bathroom? Donde esta baño? Very good, Jojo. I'm impressed. All right, so we have a couple um, drops in Spanish that we're going to play for you, and we're going to see if you could actually translate them for us. So, Jay, can we play the first drop? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. I guess what he was trying to say is uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, What yes? Uh, What no? Very good, Jay. Can we play the second one and we'll have him translate? <laughs> That's let's go, Mexico. <laughs> and I think we have one more. Jay, we want to play this last drop. Yes, we have one final. Now, as a Mexican American, these are songs that you should know. So I want you to tell us what this song is. <laughs> Just kidding. Mexicanos al grito de guerra, el acero a prestar y el grito. Okay, the first one was the George Lopez anthem, and uh, the second one was the Mexican, uh, the Mexico anthem. Yeah, you got him all right. Good job, Jojo. Thank you, thank you. Well, that's great. Unless you guys have anything else, we can let him go get some rest. Ryan, do you have anything for Jojo? Jay? Jojo, I just want to congratulate you because I think that you speak more Spanish than a lot of our Spanish-speaking fighters out there. Yes. That was pretty Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. You did really, really good. Very, very good. Yes, if you come back home, we're going to give you some hard Spanish questions. Okay, that sounds good, man. (laughs) 
All right. So once again, for the fans that are listening, uh, give us your social media so they can follow us and remind them of when your fight is going down. Yes, if you guys want to follow me and follow my career, you guys can follow me on Instagram, Joseph Diaz Jr., on Twitter, Joseph Diaz Jr., and on Snapchat, Joseph Diaz with two Zs. Uh, My fight is March 26th on HBO under the Andre Ward card. Uh, It's going to be a really great night of uh, of fighting. I'm fighting a very tough opponent uh, named Jason Velez. He's tall, rangy, so uh, there's a lot of going down for this fight. I mean, there's a lot of it jeopardized both of our careers, so... It's going to be a really great night of boxing, and thank you guys for all your support, and thank you, the Ruckus, for having me on the show. It was, uh, it was a really great time. Thank oh, you. Okay, one more. You're very welcome. We're going to... JoJo, who won the flex off on Instagram? That, that's my last question. Who won the flex off? Oh, I think I did because my, my friend pooped his pants, so I think I, I should I should have won that fight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, JoJo, thanks for calling me, and take care. Okay, thank you. You guys have a good one. You too. All right. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back with uh, Oscar, Val- Oscar Valdez and more boxing talk on the record. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com and see why the enemy will fear you. Wartapebrand.com. We put hands on you. And we are back with the ruckus. Jay LaBeouf. Ryan Bivens, RB, make sure you're following us on social media. Make sure you're subscribing to The Ruckus. You can get it on iTunes in a few hours after we conclude the broadcast, and we'll throw it up on uh, YouTube for you people who are sneaking at work and want to listen to it in your earphones and the, and the streaming is too slow on Blog Talk. I got it on YouTube for you. I got you so that you can listen to the great show. Well, let's just, before we jump into the Sweet Boxing News Report and Oscar Valdez, RB, any news you want to drop on us that you've been uh, hearing out in these streets? No, not really. I've been trying to save our word on the curve for Friday morning, but I actually did get a message from Oscar Valdez's trainer that his training ran over a little late tonight and they were running. And I, I think he actually tried to call in when we had Earl Spence on the line, but it was a little too late. So, we're going to get Oscar Valdez back on. Just don't think that's going to be tonight. But we'll get him back on for sure. We had some good stuff for him. Okay, cool. Well, then, hey, let us then go into the news. Ah, Oscar Valdez, trust me, we're going to get him back because he is a, a fun guy. He's got some interesting things that he likes to do. So let's just jump right into the news. <laughs> Okay, Guillermo Rigondeaux, as you know, has a fight coming up later this month against James Dickens that's going to be in the U.K. Now, in order for this fight to happen, you know, it's like a co-promotion between Rock Nation and um, uh, Queensbury Promotions or otherwise known as uh, Frank Warren Promotions. And Frank Warren is not only, you know, kind of helping out in this fight, but he is set it up so Andre Ward versus Sullivan Barrera is going to be shown on Box Nation in the UK, even though he's not really a part of that. So, you know, the whole Rock Nation, Frank Warren um, kind of link is now um, trying to set up a fight between Frampton and Rigondale. Just, you know, Frampton over the weekend, he, he beat uh, Scott Quick. That was, you know, the battle for second best Superman in the world. It was supposed to be a great fight. It wasn't. 
the last few rounds were, were pretty good, but like the first, I'd say eight or so, or, or at least seven were just awful. Yeah, the first seven were absolutely awful. The eight was like, yeah, and then, you know, he had a couple good rounds towards the end. So, uh, yeah, you know, hopefully Frank Warren can get something going on now because Riggendow can't seem to find anybody worth it down. I mean, James Dickens, I really don't know what the odds are on that fight, but he should at the most be like a, a, a 50 to 1 underdog. That That's just keeping it real. <laughs> so, <laughs> that aside, um, top rank is got uh, Lomachenko, uh, the field Lomachenko, and Nicholas Waters. They're, they're trying to get a fight going on. It could be at featherweight, it could be at super featherweight. Lomachenko doesn't really care. Um, uh, the both sides have, have agreed to a verbally, uh, so at least Bob Aaron claims. Um, so he's trying to get that fight going for, uh, what is it, April the 30th? And Showtime is in the mix of televised because HBO has not been very kind to Bob recently in regards to Lomachenko and uh, Victor Postal. Like, he can't seem to get them on, on the networks for whatever reason. They, they just don't want those fighters. And they're very good fighters. So Postal might be on the same card that Lomachenko was on. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And the biggest surprise in news of the week, although I did see it coming, is Al Heyman lost his first purse bid. Yes, it really happened. Mm. Now, I know Al Heyman doesn't actually, you know, do the purse bid, you know, himself. You know, he has promoters who he gives money to, but mm-hmm. the Bella Entertainment, you know, <laughs> they they put out $5.1 million for, you know, Wilder to fight Pavekin. And, you know, that's that's a very respectable number, $5.1 million. It's not like Wilder has, like, you know, some long list of accomplishments or anything. But World of Boxing, which promotes Alexander Povetkin, they put up $7.15 million. So now uh, that fight is likely going to Russia. And uh, the fighters will split 90% of the purse. And it'll, and the, with the, the remaining 10% is going to go to the winner. So... That means Wilder, because, okay, so Wilder's champion, he gets 70% of the 90%. That means he's going to get four, $4.5 and Povetkin will get, like, $1.93 million with uh, an escrow of, you know, 715000 That's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money for Wilder. So uh, I don't care where it is. If it's on mm-hmm. Russia, if it's on the moon, he's going there. You cannot turn down that kind of money. You just can't do it. Can't do it. I mean, think about it. Who, who, who's really making that kind of money in boxing today? Besides, besides, you know, the Mayweather, Pacquiao, um, the Canelo now. Like, nobody's really making that money, right? So, yeah, look, I don't care if it's happening in Russia. He's not giving up that title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Pacquiao, he is willing uh, to postpone his retirement and fight in the 2016 course. Olympics. Who? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, maybe Pacquiao. He says he will fight in the 2016 Olympics since they're going to oh, be yeah. open, it, they're going to be open to professional fighters. Like I don't, I don't think it's mm-hmm. all entirely worked out yet, but that is the plan according to the Olympic Committee. And Pacquiao, yeah. uh, Pacquiao's motivation for doing it, I, I think, is because you know he never, you know, he was never an Olympian. Like he he turned pro as a, a young kid. Uh, he didn't have like an amateur pedigree or anything. Like when when Mayweather was, you know, going through the amateur ranks and, and, and competing in the Olympics, Pacquiao was like on the streets fighting for 
like, you know, uh, maybe $50. So, so you know, it's an opportunity for him that he, he never really was able to capitalize on in the past. Well, maybe with him, he's already been to the Olympics. He, he's not interested in coming out of retirement for that. Although, you know, he, he did with the bronze. You know, you know he, he he have a chance to come back and get a gold, but he, he's not interested. What would be interesting is to see how receptive the Olympic Committee is to that, given Pacquiao's recent statements and issues, because the Olympics is supposed to epitomize world unity and collectiveness. You know, the, rain, the rings are pretty rainbow-colored, too. So it would be interesting to see. Oh, oh, it'd be interesting to see how receptive they would be to that. So we'll we'll have to keep a closer eye on that. But it's Manny Pacquiao, so just on that alone, he'll get a pass because they know a lot of people will watch. So we'll have to keep an eye on it. Indeed. Now, in the ongoing saga of Canelo versus Golovkin, Canelo has <laughs> thrown some more roadblocks into the fight being made, at least in the near future. When people ask Canelo about this fight, he tells them point blank, you know, I'm not a true middleweight. I'm not making concessions for negotiations for this fight. He feels like he's made concessions in the past in his fights with, you know, Mayweather and and Cotto. And, you know, he's the A-side now, okay, indisputably the A-side. And uh, it's going to be his way. It's going to be the highway. So he says, you know, the fight might not happen this year, but it will happen eventually. That, that, that that's how, how he likes to put it. It's gonna happen, just you know, maybe maybe not this year. And, and with Triple G saying he's not fighting at a hundred and fifty five pound catch weight, obviously the fight's not gonna happen this year. I don't know when it's gonna happen. Uh, if it happens eventually it's probably gonna be when Triple G is, is gets a little older, he starts to slow down, he looks more beatable, then I think they'll make the fight kinda of like they did with uh Sugar Ray Leonard and uh Marvin Hagler. Oh, interesting. But, but what what was more interesting is will the WBC keep their word and strip Canelo? Because Golovkin is the mandatory. I mean, he's he's been the mandatory for a while. So if Canelo doesn't fight him, what are they going to do? I don't know. Uh-oh, I don't that? know. I don't know. Uh, that was and, weird. In other sanctioning body news, the WBA um, president Gilberto Mendoza, now he resigned you know, uh, late last year due to cancer. And um, the WBA directors then elected um, Vice President Gilberto Jesus Mendoza, who's his son, as the new leader of the organization. He's he's, he's currently in a five-year term now. Now, while his father is battling against cancer, his, you know, his son is starting to clean up the sanctioning body. You know, he's he's trying to get rid of all the interim regular and, and super titles. That are going on, so I mean that's it's a step in the right direction for the WBA. But you know, prayers do go out to um, uh, Dr. Gilberto Mendoza. Um, I, we hope he can be cancer. I mean, he he really he did a lot to ruin boxing, but you know, I don't want to see him die. <laughs> no doubt. Now, back to Pacquiao. HBO has finally come out against his homophobic comments. They they took their sweet time to do this, but you know they denounced. And but at the same time, they said, "Look, uh, we made a commitment to to back out at Timothy Bradley." So I mean, we're still going to air the fight. <laughs> they they have no intentions of of doing anything to jeopardize the money that's going to make them the fight. I mean, it is what it is. 
I mean, they they could at least, you know, make some donations, you know, to, to like, you know, the LGBT community with, with their pay-per-view revenue, but I don't even think they're going to do that. Never. So, you know, th- th- <laughs> things, things will go ahead as planned. And in yeah. some stranger news, um, Jorge Arce, who, who retired recently, and uh, it's like a, a, a borderline, like, probably wouldn't get in, but he's a borderline Hall of Fame case, you know, arguably, mm-hmm. you know, five-division world champion, uh, even though some of those titles are really, really crappy. <laughs> I mean, the division of the titles is just, you know, how he won them. It's just, like, it's just disgusting. <laughs> Anyways, he is <laughs> – he just got released from Orange County Jail on the $25,000 bill. He was accused Uh-oh. of soliciting sex from a female employee at the Embassy Suites in Anaheim. Wait, 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 wait. Bring, uh, bring it back. Bring it back for me one time because I'm not going to front. Somebody sent me some text messages about what they're hearing on the show, and I missed the first part of that. Who was soliciting sex at the Embassy Suites Jorge Arce. Jorge Arce. Oh, a road, road champion from, from light flyweight all the way up to super bantamweight. He <laughs> was apparently soliciting sex from a female employee at the Embassy Suites in Anaheim, California. So he got out on a $25,000 bill, and he's got a hearing scheduled for March 28th. I ought to go up there. Where the hearing is? I'm, I'm not sure where the hearing is at. I have to look it up. Find out where it's at. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to go get some drops for the ruckus. And just see exactly what. No, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm, I'm not a troll like that. I'm a I'm a low I'm a lightweight <laughs> troll, but I don't know. I I just might. I might. It might be some good boxing interviews up there who came out to sh- uh, show their support. But if you're a former champion, well, now I can't say too much about it. What was uh Warren Sapp got popped for the same thing? He's a football player, and everybody know Warren Sapp. He got popped for soliciting sex. So hey, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe being an athlete is not all that it's chalked up to be. But, oh, well, carry on, Ryan, carry on. Oh, okay, we got some fights coming up this week. Um, Thursday, actually, you know, maybe only like, you know, three to six hours from now because it's in Thailand, and I think they have fights in the afternoon there because they like to go outside. In any event, uh, Wan Hang Mena Yothin is going to defend his WBC strawweight championship against Go Odera from Japan. And uh, Wan Hang is 40-0. and and he had how many fights last year? One, two, three, four fights last year. Um, three of them were world title fights, and he's having his first world title fight this year. He's probably going to go to forty-one and zero. And this is my next pick for you know a person that, that you know gets to the forty-nine and zero mark, or, or at least the forty-eight and zero, because for whatever reason it, it, it's hard to cross. I can't can't explain it, but for whatever reason when they when they go for the forty-nine and zero, it's always like some um, more, it's always some obstacle that's just they 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 can't surmount. Like I mean, even look at Floyd Mayweather. He really made sure he got to the forty nine and zero. He fought Andre Berto. Okay, <laughs> Andre oh. Berto was his last fight. Mm-hmm. He made sure nothing was going to happen. So I don't know these other guys. I don't know what it is about the market. I mean, it's been passed a few times, but. But for whatever reason, it just at least did. We were talking about Paul Spadafora, uh, Chris John, this guy recently on uh, from 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 Argentina, Cesar Quenza. 
I mean, it's just uh, time after time. They, they, they get to the 48 and wins, and then they go for the 49, and boof, it all blows up. So, so Juan Hang, he's on track. He's only, how old is he now? He's 30 years old now, and he, he could be, you know, up to that 49 fight, and I'd say 2018 at the latest. So I do kind of look forward yeah. to seeing how that, that pans out for him. Anyways, that's Thursday. That's really the only meaningful fight on Thursday. Then on Friday, we have um, the fights in Japan, most notably Sensuke Yamanaka will defend the WBC Bantamweight title against Laborio Solis. Yamanaka is, you know, he's the number one Bantamweight in the world, even though, you know, he is coming off robbing Kimito Moreno blind. But, hey, he, he got the decision, so he's still on top. And Laborio is a very good fighter. Uh I, yeah, Yamanaka can still be the favorite. You know, the fights in Japan, um, Laborio isn't super great, but he he was good enough to you know give Daigi Kameda um, a, a sound beating back in 2013. But you know, at the end of the day, Daigi's not like a great fighter. I don't know. I like the fight. Yeah. It, it had not really given much hype because it's in Japan and it's on Friday, but it, it's a good fight. Also, um, the co-feature for that is, is Yu Kimura and Ganagan Lopez, which is another good fight. That's for the WBC Junior Flyweight title. I mean, you know, Yu, he, he recently won the belt by being Pedro Kevar in a very, very controversial decision last year. Like, it was, it was you know, candidate for robbery of the year last year. But, um, yeah, Japan, Japan was like the new Germany last year, to be honest with you. Like, the, <laughs> you just could not seem to win a decision. Against their top guys. But, hey, they got to do what they can. Germany, um, Germany came back this year with that uh, that last uh, Felix Stern fight. Uh, they, I guess yeah. they they looked at Japan as a hell. Uh, if they're gonna do this, why not? Why not us? Mm. So Friday, mm. Poland, Christoph Lodarczyk, he's making a comeback. He's a former Cruiserweight World Champion. He's fighting Valerie Brudov. It's I think it's only an eight rounder. Um, Lodarczyk was wasn't he supposed to fight uh, over here in the United States against what's his name? Oh, guy um, Shumanov, David Shumanov, but they got canceled. Uh, I mean, maybe they, they they try to work that fight out again. I think that's a good fight. Uh, Shumanov, I think we last mm-hmm. saw him against uh, BJ Flores. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Some fights in the U.S. on on uh, Friday are Michael Perez versus Martin Oriol. That's going to be the uh, Golden Boy card. You know, it's going to be on straight TV and uh, Ring TV Live. Uh, Man, poor Michael Perez. Where has he been? And all of a sudden he pops up and he's fighting on, like, Australia TV. That's yeah. Golden Boy platform, though. That's their number one, uh, you know, uh, show it's, as far as, you know, how, how, how many fights they get to put on it. Like, I mean, yeah, HBO shows that that's the best platform they have, but that they rarely get a fight on HBO these days. Australia TV mm-hmm. is giving them the most most TV time. So yeah. um, that's that's just the landscape of Golden Boy Boxing right now. Yeah, mm. that's cool, but where's Michael Perez been? I mean, uh, yeah, when he was fight in Philly? This is Michael Perez. That fight was in California. Yeah. In 2015, it was um, July, July 11th. Okay. 
Yeah, it's 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 been a cool minute. He he yeah he's been kind of lost in the sauce. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh, he had some cuts anyway. on that fight, so maybe that's why. Maybe he had to heal up or something. I don't know. Shout out to Mike Perez. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's headlining Golden Boy Card and Orlando Cruz and Romulo Cuesca uh, is headlining the Telemundo Card. Or Romulo, you know, he, mm. he's he's a guy that we saw fight Vasil Lomachenko uh, late last year. Mm. It, it was not it was not a good fight. <laughs> Yeah, Orlando Cruz, you know, he, he's like a Orlando Cruz is Telemundo boxing, really. Like he, remember his his whole um, coming out story, and it was just a big deal for Telemundo back then. But I mean, they they tried to pull him on, I think HBO pay review, like against Toledo, but it just it was bad. <laughs> Toledo beat the hell out of him. So you know he he's a good Telemundo fighter, but um, that's. I think it'll win this fight, honestly. Ramulo is uh, very average. So, yeah, that's that's Friday. Uh, Saturday, okay. we have a lot more fights. Well, we're going to run and through them have... pretty quick. What we got on Saturday? What we got? Yep. Czech Republic, Robert Stieglitz and Ricardo and Marcelo Romalo. You know, Stieglitz, you know, former uh, super middleweight world champion, had, had four fights with with Arthur Abraham. So, you know, he's kind of still on the comeback trail. Mexico, cool. we have the return of Antonio Margarito, and I know everybody oh. is looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Man, I don't yeah. even like saying his name. <laughs> <laughs> Man. The Tijuana Tornado. He's coming back. He's fighting Jorge Pais Jr. It's going to be on Azteca Siete in Mexico or, or DN Sports here in the United tuning in. And uh, I know Brandon Stubbs uh, uh, <laughs> definitely be tuning in, too. <laughs> We're watching that. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I'm going to call Kodo up and see if he want to come over with some mofongo and watch it with me. Then. <laughs> <laughs> We the uh, the other televised card from Mexico that day is Jessica Chavez and Vanessa um, Taborda. That is, um, you know, the women's championship belt. Uh, Jessica Chavez, she's, she's like a top 10 pound-for-pound female fighter, so I'll, I'll be tuning in for that, too. In Russia, we have a, a heavyweight championship belt, uh, quote-unquote heavyweight championship belt. It's the WBA regular title between Ruslan Shagayev and Lucas Brown. This fight has been in the making for like a year now. It's finally going to happen. Uh, in Australia, you can watch it on main event, I guess, pay-per-view. Um, here in the United States, you can see it on AWE TV. And at, over in the U.K., you can watch it on Box Nation. Uh, the winner of this fight then has to fight Fresno Kendo. I, 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 I can't explain why, but it has to happen. And then the winner of that will fight the winner of Klitschko versus no, okay. The winner of whoever wins the rematch between Klitschko and Fury then has to fight Luis Ortiz, assuming Luis Ortiz gets by um, um, uh, Tony Thompson, who is fighting this, this weekend, I believe, yep. And and uh, the next guy he has to fight, which is uh, Alexander Usanov. So it would be a tournament that's confusing. <laughs> well, well, anyway, Shagayev and Brown, that's going to be this weekend. That's over in Russia on Saturday. Um, you can watch yep. it on AW TV if you're looking at it here in the States. In the UK that yep. day, um, Sam Egerton and Bradley Skeet, you know, a pair of welterweights, you know, kind of domestic level guys, but 
It's a bowl match fight. That's going to be on Sky Sports. In the U.S. on HBO, Luis Ortiz versus Tony Thompson. Not a great yeah. fight. But the undercard is quite good. I mean, at least the co is great. quite good. You know, we, we have Jesse Vargas and Saddam Ali fighting for you know, the vacant WBO welterweight title. It is mm-hmm. a tough fight to call. Very tough fight to call. Mm-hmm. But easily go out of the way. Um, still not sure yeah, we had them showing both. it, but, yeah, Robinson Castellanos and Oscar Stadon is also on that card. What was you going to say? I said, good card. We had both the guys on uh, on the show recently, so, you know, you can always, if uh, you want to listen to the show, you can go to the YouTube channel and listen to the Saddam Ali interview, and you can go to the Blog Talk page and catch the whole show, which includes the Jesse Vargas interview. So looking forward to that fight since we had a chance to get both of the guys on. And the, the the final card I'm going to mention for Saturday is the Julian Williams versus Marcelo Matano card on Showtime. It it's you know this is this is Julian's kind of breakout fight. He becomes the mandatory for the IBF title after he wins, and it's almost a certainty that he's going to win. I mean, no disrespect to Marcelo Matano, he's just never fought anybody remotely on this level, and he he's already lost to a fighter that's you know far beneath this level. I just I can't fathom him winning like at all. I just can't do it. <sighs> the Dante card is interesting. We have Tony Harrison mm-hmm. versus Fernando Guerrero. You know the two two guys that that, that have skills and, and and you know are are pretty fun to watch, but are flawed and and can be knocked out. So that that Guerrero. makes for an intriguing fight. Um, and then you also have Antoine Douglas versus um, Kurtzai. And that is a very, very good under the radar fight. Um, Curtis, I, he's a you know a replacement for Sam Solomon because Sam is, is is really old and his knees keep failing on him, so he had to pull out the fight. So so Curtis is coming in, and this is the first time we've seen Curtis in a you know kind of a a meaningful fight since he fought Hassan and Dom back in 2010. But no won that fight, but, you know, Anand's, like, really tall and really rangy, and Kersai's a midget, and it was still a close fight. Like, Kersai comes to fight. They call him Tornado. This this guy, he, he's going to throw a lot of punches. Antoine Douglas isn't the type that likes to run around. So I, I'm, I'm expecting an all-action fight, and I'm expecting somebody to get hurt. Could be out of the guy. That, is, is Showtime a, a triple header, or is it a quadruple header? I think the, the fourth biggest fight on that card is Eve Dan Kishaw versus Kenneth McNeil. And, you know, since Kishaw is also a middleweight, you know, you, you, you kind of want to look down the line towards, like, a fight between Kishaw and Douglas, you know, potentially. That would also be a very good fight. And, you know, that... Yes. Full, full weekend. I see your guy, Todd and Thank May, is on the HBO card. So, you know, shout-out to your boy. We're going to see him. Uh, well, we won't yeah. get a chance to see him. But if you're in the D.C. area, go pick up tickets to the fight. You know, go support these guys, and it's a great time. Unfortunately, I have no good Khan He Do It installment this week. Amir Khan has really tightened in the reins, and he's really saying the things we he should be saying. Uh, so I'll just give a great quote that he had from the uh, London stop of the press conference. I'm sorry, the New York stop of the press conference. This week he said, when I'm in a fight like this, when I'm in a fight like this, when I am the underdog, that will make me work harder and train harder. I have never been in this position as a professional. 
And it's true. You know, I can't remember, I can't recall a re- a fight in the last five years where Khan has been the B-side fighter. Even in the Danny Garcia fight, he was expected to uh, not lose that fight. So good job, Amir Khan. You have reined it in. I'm glad I had a chance to ask him a couple good questions uh, today. So make sure you look for me talking to Amir Khan later on tonight on the Bad Culture YouTube channel. Before we wrap for the evening, RB, anything before we, for the good of the order? Uh, I don't think I've got much. I think uh, just tune in Friday morning, 9 o'clock. We'll be back with the morning show, RB and J. Awesome. Yes, the Morning Punch-In Show. If you're not listening to the Morning Punch-In Show, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You need to turn tune in Friday morning, 9 a.m. Pacific time. We'll be back with more pranks. We'll be back with more jaywalking. We'll be back with more hotline bling. You never know who's going to call in on the hotline bling. So I suggest you tune in and listen. Word on the curb, hot topics. We got it all. Our Ryan Bivens, anything for the good of the order before we wrap it up for another edition of The Ruckus? No, I don't got nothing. You know, just uh, tune into the boxing this weekend. It should be fairly decent. All right. Well, I thank everybody for tuning in tonight. I want to thank our our special guest, Errol Spence Jr., Joseph Diaz Jr., and they were great. We had a great time with them. Make sure you follow them on social media and you tune in to their respective fights that they have coming up, Spence against Algeri, Diaz Jr. against uh, Jason Velez. Two great fights. We're going to reschedule Oscar so we can have him on in the future. And once again, thanks for listening. We had a great time, and we'll be back next week, next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Take care and have a great night. This is Harold Letterman, and thank you for listening to Bad Culture Radio.